You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff-Zacherly. And we're your hosts on this crazy little adventure. And the adventure has calmed slightly. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not very adventurous at the moment. <laughs> no, my house did not get blown away in the hurricane. No. We lost a section of fence got blown down and a big giant tree fell across one of the streets in our subdivision. So the road no crew had damage no damage um there's there's a lot of branches half of our subdivision lost lost power for a couple days we were in the half of the subdivision that didn't lose power (laughs) so you had power the whole time we had power the whole time (laughs) nice like it flashed a couple times and we were like this is it we're about to lose it and it never actually went out but then the day after the hurricane which by the way was pristine florida weather we're talking like oh yeah blue skies and the temperature was like in the low 80s it was just absolutely gorgeous it was like florida went my bad sorry (laughs) um we walked up to the store and we didn't know that half the subdivision was out of power but we were walking up there we saw the tree that was down the crew was out there cutting it up yeah and as we were walking we started hearing generators and yeah. I ran into one of my neighbors and she was like, yeah, that whole side of the subdivision lost power. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That sucks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys need anything, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this was our first. We, we actually feel like Floridians now because we've lived through a hurricane. We yeah. feel like we got our Floridian cards. Um, but the one thing that really surprised me. And I'm not saying anything about Michiganders, y'all. I've been one for 40 years. Like, it has its good points. But when there's like a blizzard and stuff, people don't check in with each not other. Really. Everybody's no. like snowed into their house, and it's just you know, you do you, I'm gonna do me. Yeah. Um. With this hurricane, every single person. It didn't matter if you knew them, if they were a neighbor. It didn't matter. Like the the, the street crews that were cutting up the tree, they yeah. saw us walking, and they were like, "Are you guys good? Do you need anything? Is everything okay at your house?" We went up to the store and the people at, at the grocery store, you guys good? Is everything okay at your house? Everybody was That's checking awesome. on everybody. Yeah. So that was that was a really cool feeling. That's good. Our neighbors around here are pretty good. We all like, if we don't see somebody out snow blowing, like one of us does the whole sidewalk from corner to corner. That's like, cool. There's four houses right here. So we kind of take care of each other, especially when the neighbor had a baby. We yeah. were like, don't go outside you got a brand new newborn like we can take care of the sidewalks well that's nice um with the hurricane my grandma's down in um a little bit south of you yeah and she lost power for a while Yeah. yeah yeah they had um quite a bit of flooding i don't think their house got flooded Yeah. yeah but they had 
some flooding and a couple of years ago when Irma mm-hmm. came Irma. through, um, yeah. they actually had a tornado and lost part of the roof and lots of flooding then too. Like that area is, <laughs> yeah, it's a low spot. Oh, yeah. To flooding where, um, my husband's grandpa is they lost power for a couple days yeah too. that's so it's close my grandma it's lives 20 miles south of yeah yeah him, that so. area is south and it's pretty bad yeah. um jay's aunt uh, where her house is was flooded really bad oh yeah i saw that yeah it was flooded really bad it took <laughs> it took probably a week before it dried up yeah but the the great thing is the water didn't come into the house yes the subdivision yeah. was flooded but it didn't come in that's good so that was a good thing. It, the really funny thing, you know, we have we have a Newfoundland and we have our little our little mixed mutt and yeah. um, our Newfoundland. He's a water dog. So in the middle of the storm, our backyard's flooding a little bit, and we would open he the door. It wasn't like it. it wasn't like super windy that we were worried about anything yeah. happening to him. But it was raining, and he saw all the water. And dude was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> he just wanted to play in it. Now Athena kind of looked at at jay and looked at me and was like i think today is the day you potty trained me um i would just like to use the (laughs) toilet i'm not going out there and the only way we could get her to use the bathroom was we had to take her out in the front yard because our front yard is sloped more so the water runs away from the house yes and we had to hold an umbrella over the (laughs) queenie feeny because she was like no No, ma'am this (laughs) yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> the queen did not want to get rained on so that's awesome <laughs> but but thankfully we got uh we got through this pretty good um good we did see a tiktok you know Gatorland is not too far <laughs> from us and there was a tiktok of like all the alarms going off at Gatorland. And like, it didn't tell you what the alarms were, but I have seen some of the gators there. And those things are not just gators. Those are dinosaurs. You can't tell me otherwise. They have one that's like 15 feet and he's a monster. (laughs) His name is Bob. And the whole time I'm like, is that alarm for Bob? Has Bob been located? (laughs) I need to know where Bob is. Before I go into Central Florida, I need to know where Bob is. Yeah. Yes, please. Please find him because I don't want to go there. Yeah, I don't want to be any. I don't want to come face to face with him. Mm-mm. No, no, I'm good. Um, we just now got done watching the season finale of She-Hulk. Have you seen it yet? I've only watched like the first two or three episodes. I'm not. I have not caught up. the The finale is very well done. It's not traditional Marvel formula at all, and okay. it's very very cute. So. Highly recommend. Yeah, I think very I fun. think the plan is to catch up tomorrow on that. We've been catching up on Andor. Yeah, I'm totally behind on that. I will be very yeah. honest with that, that the first episode did not capture my attention. Not at all. No. And I feel really bad saying that, but not at all. No. I was like, oh, like, look, I, just I have games on my phone. <laughs> That's exactly it. I've been playing the games and Scott has been watching it and he's like, I love this. <laughs> I couldn't get into that one. No. Oh, I have to tell you a story. Oh my gosh. And I know we want to get to our show, but I have to tell you this because you need to do this to your cousins the next time you see them. Okay. Have you seen the TikTok where the girl is talking about, um, 
You you mean to tell me that Padme Amidala fell in love with whiny, pouty Anakin Skywalker when Daddy Juan Kenobi was right there? Have you seen that TikTok? No, but yes. Okay, so I have always agreed with this. The girls and I went to Disney Springs recently. Now, keep in mind, I have a 14-year-old. I have a 16-year-old. We're in Disney Springs. We went into the Star Wars store, and there was a section of merchandise that was all Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. And I looked at it, and and the girls were like, Mom, look, it's Obi-Wan. And I was like, oh, Daddy Wan Kenobi. And... (laughs) My oldest jaw hit the floor. She, like, her face instantly turned red. And the 14-year-old just turned on her heel and marched to the other side of the store as quickly as she could. She wanted as much distance from me as possible because she was so mortified I said that out loud. So from now on, whenever you're around my kids, I'm saying this to anybody, when you're around my kids, call him Daddy Juan Kenobi because it's hysterical. Oh, this is going to be a great Christmas. (laughs) I even told their dad this story, and he was like, I'm getting you a sticker for your water bottle that says Daddy Juan Kenobi. And yes. I was like, please do. Yes. <laughs> I will make that happen. Yes. Can we Daddy just make Wan shirts? Can- yeah. <laughs> for Christmas, we'll get a picture of Obi-Wan with a Santa hat, and we'll just it'll just say Daddy Juan Kenobi. <laughs> yes. We're making this happen. Yes. We have to have like wait. a shirt over it and we'll wait till we're together and then take the over shirt off so we have our right. daddy one Kenobi shirts right. on. This I is where it. we hide it and we're yes. when we go to walk through the Christmas trees. And they're like, oh I, I'm not in, not here. in here. <laughs> we're in public. Oh my yes. god. Yes. We have to do this. And we can't let the girls listen to this episode because no. I want it to be a no. surprise. We can hide it. <laughs> Yes, we're doing this. (laughs) But before we get to Christmas, we have to get through spooky season. We do. We have three more episodes. Three more spooky season episodes. And yours is the last one on Halloween. I know. I know. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do because I feel we need to go out with a big bang. So I'm really... I'm trying to come up with something very Halloween-y. So yeah. anyone listening, if you have ideas for the perfect chef's kiss Christmas episode idea, Christmas, Christmas? episode, no, spooky episode idea, please <laughs> get a hold of us and let us know because we yes. want to hear We want to hear it. Yes. We want like that perfect ending to the spooky season. Yes. That just makes you want to like unwrap candy and watch scary movies and listen to us and the whole right. thing. Right, because then you can listen to us in the morning and then be like all hyped and ready for trick or treating. Yes, later that's on. That's what the I evening. want. I want something to really hype people up. Yes. And today, today we are talking about my favorite scary movie, which is ironic because they asked that question in the movie. What's your favorite <laughs> scary you. movie? Scream! We, scream! Oh, I love it. I watch it every year. I watch. I marathon I the entire series every year. Yeah, love it. Well, and this now you one get an extra one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now you have five. Yes. And I really, oh, I love the last one. Anyways, um, there we have for this one we have a mimesis within a mimesis because we have a movie scream which is based off a true crime and then we have a true crime that is based off the movie scream right we have a lot um so we need to dig into this because there's a lot to cover you ready yes 
Okay. Yes. Um, it was 1996 that the movie Scream came out. I had just graduated from high school. Just 96? I know. I was that little when I watched it for the first time. <laughs> you were. That's true. I was eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, very few people realize that Scream was based on the horrific crimes of Danny Rowling, otherwise known as the Gainesville Ripper. His crime spree was in 1990, and it only lasted for four days. So very similar to in the movie, how the crimes happened so quickly. Um, it was very similar to that. In that time, he killed five University of Florida students. Uh, they were college students, obviously. They weren't high schoolers. So it's yeah. kind of more like Scream 2 and not Scream 1. But, right. Um, Danny was born in Shreveport, Louisiana in 1954 his father was a police officer but he was incredibly violent to their to the kids to his wife he was incredibly violent that's kind of normal really like and that's sad yeah like well i'll have to look up like the statistic <laughs> yes on that this horrific abuse that Danny suffered led to aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control, which is, you know, pretty much to be expected if you're, yeah, you know, kind of foreshadows what's to come. The very first record of him being violently abused was when he was only a year and a half old. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So no. it was like from a very young age. At the age of 11, uh, Danny picked up music as a way to hope to cope. He played the guitar and sang. Unfortunately, that the music was not enough to help him cope when his mother tried to commit suicide um, by slitting her wrists. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So there is a little bit of a comparison there. Billy's dad or mom abandoned him and his dad after his dad had an affair and Danny's mom tried to kill herself you know which would have left him alone there so there's there's a little bit of a parallel though there yeah at the age of 14 danny had his first brush with the law when neighbors caught him peeping at their young daughter unfortunately this would this was just the tip of the iceberg on his sex crimes he he had no impulse control there at all Ugh. his dad beat him senseless for this and as soon as he was old enough, he decided he was going to try to escape his father by enlisting in the Air Force. Unfortunately, he was discharged due to his excessive drug use. He particularly enjoyed acid. Oh, goodness. Which I think if you have poor impulse control, um, some sort of, you know, trippy medication like that is really not where you're... <laughs> no, no, you should not be doing that at all. No, that's going to make things way worse. So he was discharged from the military, and for a little while, he seemed to get his act together. Like, he got a job. He kind of... He got married. He tried having a normal life. Um, That did not last long. No. No. After only four years of marriage, his wife separated from him because he threatened to kill her oh yeah no we're done we're that's done a, here yeah that's a good reason to leave i think yeah yeah 
Um, so how did he handle his rage of his mother, his wife leaving him? He he, he raped a woman who resembled his wife. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, no, uh, no. That's yeah. So this this really kind of wet his appetite for sex crimes. This was just this was him easing into what was going to be a really gruesome pattern for him. Now, before we get too much further into his crimes, I want to stress how big this guy was. He was only two inches shorter than your husband. He was six foot two. Okay. He was a big dude. Yeah. So, you know, your husband is a big giant teddy bear. But if you think of somebody that size that is that violent and has that kind of rage, like that's a terrifying concept. Yeah. Because like, how do you fight off somebody that is you know towering over you yeah yeah that's so scary so that's something to keep in mind as we go through this is this is this is a very big dude that is doing all this to these poor women so his wife has left him um he can't hold down a job because you know he's he's a shit stain on society to be perfectly honest (laughs) so he turned to a life of crime um robberies petty theft he was in and out of jail, even broke out at one point. Just... I was going to say, uh, when did he get, like, with all these crimes, why didn't they, like, one, two, three, no, you're done forever? Because it was petty stuff up to this point, so, well, other than the rape, which I'm not sure if he was even accused of that. He did rape this girl, but I never saw any record that he went to jail for raping this girl. That's so terrible. I'm not sure. But it was, you know, petty crimes, petty theft, broke out of jail. In May of 1990, he shot his father twice. Um, his Did he dad, kill him? No. His dad was shot twice in the head and lived. He lost his eye and his ear, but he survived. Okay, was his dad retired at this point? Because then that's like crimes against a cop and he should have went to jail. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I also wonder, like, what did you shoot him with that... You right. shot him twice in the head. I don't know. Was it a BB gun? <laughs> I don't know. Was it like a slingshot? What did we do? Yeah. Um, at this point, Rawling just spontaneously fled Shreveport and moved to Sarasota, Florida. Shreveport? Yes. He was in Louisiana. Okay. And now he's like- moved... <laughs> where true blood was filmed yes which by the way i'm remarathoning that show and i forgot how good season one is it's... yes i made my husband watch it with me That's so good I forgot it's so good I forgot yeah um, well we got to season three and he's like okay i need to take a little break so i don't hate it because we like watch one to three very quickly yeah and it starts going downhill soon after that so that's a yeah. good place to stop um, so he ended up back in Florida, but I want you to make note of the fact that he just made a spontaneous move because that's going to come back up later. Okay? okay. When he moved, he also decided to start living under a different name. Okay. There so we go. He, that's he was, how he. Yes. He was living under Michael Kennedy Jr. And this was in July of 1990. Um. But this attempt at a fresh start, it it didn't last long because on August 24th of that year, he broke into the home of University of Florida freshman Sonia Larson and her roommate, Christina Powell. 
Upon gaining entry into their apartment, he used his size, this big, massive dude, to overpower these two women. Yeah. Trigger warning here of torture. He duct taped both of their mouths. He bound their hands. And then he raped and stabbed both of them. Um, He had a thing for staging the bodies afterwards. He would clean them all up wash away any trace of himself but then he would like fan their hair out or he'd like roll up a towel and put it under their hips to position them in like sexual type positions and he also cut off their nipples to keep as a trophy (laughs) is he gonna make a belt out of it again (laughs) he's he's gonna go full ed gein over this He's going to go full Ed Gein. It almost sounds like Ted Bundy, because didn't Ted Bundy like flee to Florida and kill a bunch of university if, students as well? If serial killers would stop fleeing to Florida, that would be right? great. Just, <laughs> y'all, we got, we got enough to worry about down here. But the staging of the crime, it reminded me a lot of, um, in the very beginning of Scream, how they mm-hmm. hang um, Casey up from the tree. Yeah, to make it as horrific as possible. It really reminded me of that, that I think that was kind of their inspiration for that. Um, now, one thing, a lot of serial killers take a break in between their crimes. Ted Bundy yeah. usually did until like he went through that like sorority house thing where he just yeah. you know, went on a rampage. But usually there's there's a little bit of downtime. Because now they in- like they wait. Because am I going to get caught? Do I need to move? Like, okay, well, now I'm sometimes good to go. it's like an urge that they yeah. they have to act on, and once they act on it, that urge is you know kind right. of quieted until it amps back up again. Um, well, in Scream, Stu and Billy didn't have downtime at all, no. and Danny Rawling didn't either. Like this was a rampage for him. It was the very next day that he killed again. Ugh. Uh, this time it was Krista Hoyt. Um, he really took things with staging the crime scene. He he did the same thing to her. He raped her. He stabbed her. Um, but when he staged her body, he took it to a completely different level. Um, trigger warning here, but this is what happened. He, again, cut off her nipples. He decapitated oh. her. He had her body sitting up on the bed in kind of a suggestive manner. And he placed her head on a bookshelf facing her body. Ugh. Yeah. No. Yeah, this dude was sick. He staged this whole thing. Now, around this time, the the rumors of the, well, not the rumors, the news of the murders was spreading. Now, in Scream, there was a serial killer on the loose. So what did they do? They threw a party. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, in reality, these students were scared shitless right. and started sleeping in groups. Um, you know, they would sleep, you know, in the lounge type areas, sleeping in large groups, sometimes yeah. sleeping in shifts so they can watch out for each other, taking every precaution that they could. These kids were terrified. Not letting anybody in that you don't know. Exactly. But what exactly. If it was somebody you knew because in Scream, they it's always, always say, somebody you know. Somebody you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it could be the person in the room right now, <laughs> the one that you're trusting to stay awake uh-huh. while you go to sleep. 
Um, yeah, so them taking the precautions did nothing to stop Danny rolling. He was he was rolling right along. See what I did there? It was a pun <laughs> with his horrible last name. Okay, now in Scream, Billy and Stu kill two men. They kill um, the, the boyfriend at the very beginning, the, the, the football player boyfriend that's tied to the chair, and they kill the principal. Yeah. In reality, uh, Danny only killed one man, and it was not... He, he didn't intend to target this man. Okay. On August 22nd, he broke into Tracy Paul's apartment, intending to go through his normal sick crime spree he didn't know that her friend since childhood um manuel tabata had recently moved in with her because he was he was going to to school there as well okay so he broke in expecting to find tracy and manny who's a big ass dude was the one that he came face to face with first oh shit (laughs) He was probably like, oh, fuck, what did I do? Yeah. So a big scuffle broke out between these two. Yeah. And Manny was not ready to go down without a fight. Um, when Danny Rowling was later interviewed about this and he was talking about his crimes, he admitted that Manny almost got the best of him. Like oh, he, shit. he was getting his ass kicked. Fuck. Why he, couldn't he have done it? I know. Manny, come on, dude. <laughs> um, but Manny didn't have a weapon and Danny did. And Danny yeah. stabbed him repeatedly. It took multiple stab wounds before Manny went down. So, I mean, he was he was fighting like hell. And, yeah. you know, good for him. But unfortunately... And did he kill Tracy? Yes, he did. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he killed Danny. And... Um, no, he killed... Or he killed Manny. And then he he raped and he killed Tracy. He did not stage these bodies like he did the other ones. I think it's because he made such a ruckus with Manny that he, he was... knew somebody was going to come. Yeah. I think he was worried about, you know, running out of time or getting caught. Yeah. So he did. He finished off Tracy, unfortunately, and then uh, ran like the fucking coward that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the university canceled classes for the week students continued to stay in groups and carried baseball bats with them everywhere they went good (laughs) yeah um nobody felt safe by the end of august thousands of school of students had left the campus everybody was just terrified and leaving which i tell you what if it was one of my kids i would have been in the car (laughs) you're not going to school there nope you're coming home yeah, you're 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 coming home. The problem was police had no leads. I said before yeah. that Danny washed the bodies down. There was nothing that they could find at the scene that gave them anything to go by. Except for that they were the crime scenes were similar as yes. in setting up. Yes, the he they could tell it was being done by the same person, but they he didn't have any leads as to who this was. Yeah. So they listened to the talk on the town, which we learned from the West Memphis Three, you should never, ever do. Right. Because the talk on the town 
pointed them in the direction of 18-year-old Ed Humphrey. Uh, it was a kid who um, he'd suffered. He'd gone, he had an accident, so his face was kind of scarred up. He was known to carry knives around, and he had a mental health disorder, and he had recently stopped taking his medication. Like, people saw him around town. He was acting erratically. So people so were like... He, they really thought he did it. Yes. Or was capable of doing it. Much like with Cotton Weary and Scream, Ed was arrested. Yeah. Um, during this time, DNA testing was a very new science. They were just starting to really uh, figure out how this worked. And when they did the DNA testing, there was, there was semen left at the scene, and they tested it. And they found out that the suspect who had left this behind had the blood type of B and Humphrey's okay. blood type was A. So they yeah, did you can't have, have that. No. So they did have that. Um, but that's not all that they learned during this time. Investigators learned of a cold case back in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. Uh, and in this this crime scene that there this cold case had a striking similarity to the Gainesville murders. Okay. Um, so remember, he left Shreveport in a hurry. Well, this is why. On November fourth, nineteen eighty nine, Willem Grissom, who was fifty five years old, his twenty four year old daughter Julie, and his eight year old grandson Sean were killed. And Julie's body had been positioned in the same sort of sexual pose that the women in Gaines Gainesville were being left in. Shit. So they reached out to the police there, and the police ran the DNA, and it was type B blood. So they were like, okay, we have... We have that to go on but they still didn't have a person so they were like okay well we know it's not ed we know yeah. it's that this person has this pattern they have type b blood they didn't have much else yeah where their tip their big tip came from was a uh, call through the crime stoppers line was it him it was not him Okay, I was gonna say this is some <laughs> like if he the BTK killer. <laughs> like, if it was him and he called name. using that scream voice box. What's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't him. It was a woman named Cindy. Jer I don't, I'm gonna murder this movie. This name. Uh huh. See what I did there? Jura chick, Jura kick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cindy. I'm not sure how to say your name. Um. She heard about these rumors, these murders, and that, you know, Shreveport, Gainesville. Yeah. Um, and it made her think of a man that she knew from her hometown church who lived in Shreveport and then moved to Florida. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. And she named Rowling and said he used to make comments that made her uncomfortable and told her husband at the time that he liked to stick knives in people. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. How does that come up in conversation is what I want to know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're randomly talking about the weather and then you say, I like to stick knives in people. Don't yeah, you? What, what hobbies are you into? Do you like? 
<laughs> do you like cross stitch? Do you like? <laughs> I like sticking knives in people. Oh, cross stitching voodoo dolls. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> um. So, acting on that tip, investigators went looking for Rowling, and guess where they found him? On the university. Nope. They found him in jail in Marion oh, County, Florida. Oh shit. <laughs> Uh-huh. He had been arrested for robbing a supermarket. <laughs> this guy's just the worst. Yeah. He's just the worst. He, he's like all over the place doing all sorts of different crimes. Yeah. All the crimes. He wanted to, yeah. like their Pokemon cards and he wanted to catch them all. <laughs> so him being in jail, they, you know, went in there and did a little DNA swab. And sure enough, he had mm -hmm. type B blood. Um, And then when they confronted him on him, on it he admitted to <gasps> everything he had done he just yep. straight up confessed yeah straight up confessed i thought he was gonna be like i didn't do that i uh, know he straight up confessed straight up confessed uh, he tried for a little while to get the insanity plea and made up this whole like gemini persona that really committed the crimes <laughs> but like psychologists were like yeah this is no. horseshit nice try um so six months later, he was charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Well, while he was in jail, a true crime writer by the name of Sandra London reached out <laughs> and asked to tell his story to the world. Kind of like Gail Weathers. Yep. <laughs> um... At the time, he was waiting to stand trial, and the two exchanged letters and uh, eventually fell in love. Oh, no. How? 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 I don't how? know. I don't know. Red flag, know. like, smacking you in the face. <laughs> it's like he's Smack. accused of rape and murder. What? How low is your bar, lady? So they um, they sent gushy poems back and forth to each other, talking about their feelings, and they desperately wanted to see each other, um, but officials wouldn't allow it. No, they so not be allowed. They found a loophole that would allow them to see each other by getting engaged. So this woman, who's a freaking crime writer, got engaged to a serial killer. No. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> they finally met in person. And London, she wrote a book about this whole experience. She said she was instantly, insanely attracted to him. And she had, she had some terms that she used to describe him. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Use these in your day-to-day -day life with, with your husband and see what he thinks. Um, she called him her gorgeous hunk. Her maximum man. <laughs> and her dangerous pussycat. What? <laughs> no. Gross. Dangerous pussycat. Ma'am, he raped and murdered people. And you're going to give him a cute little pet name based on no. the fact that he's a killer? Gross. Gross. He cut nipples off of people. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, 
but this isn't even the worst part. And I have I have a picture of this that I'm going to post. Um, during the, the, the worst part, you're going to post a picture? I am. I am. I'm going to post a picture because it's fucking ridiculous. He was standing trial as a resentencing for one of his robberies. Okay. And the judge was pronouncing the sentence. And he gave Rowling a chance to address the court and say whatever he wanted to say you know if he wanted to speak out against his crimes you know speak his piece for a minute this son of a bitch instead of taking any kind of responsibility for any of the shit he did he stood up turned to london in the courtroom and serenaded her with a song he wrote for her I have a picture of him singing and he's got, you know, the, the sad look eye when you're just singing your heart out to somebody oh, in the middle of court my. in his orange jumpsuit. <laughs> no, that's like so cringy. Like, <laughs> would you like to hear a line from the song? I'm not going to sing it, but sure. I have a line from the song. Are sure. you ready? Yeah. Okay. Just tell me, baby, what were my words? As all my tears run together, baby, just like rain. <laughs> what? What the fuck does that mean? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the, like, there's a recording of this. I, I, I'll try to find it. But even as he's singing, you can hear the judge like Mr. Rawling. Mr. Rowling, no, that's not that's what enough. we're doing here. We're not doing this. And it took him like two or three times to get this dude to shut the hell up because he just, he wanted to sing to his lady. I, I, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know that nobody else can see me, but I'm just shaking my head in I like know. utter disbelief. Ugh, no. Well, atrocious songs aside... We can all rest easy knowing on October 25th, 2006, Danny Rowling was put to death by lethal injection. Good. So rest in hell, USOP. Yeah. So that was the year that I graduated high school. <laughs> <There you laughs> <go>. <laughs> Look, it's a nice it little book. It started <laughs> yours and ended at mine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this episode is going to run long. I'm really sorry, but um, that's okay because mine was a little short last week. Well, there we go. We're we're making it even. <laughs> we're making it up. So that was a true crime. The now the movie Scream was taken from that. It was it was inspired yeah. by the Gainesville Ripper. Now I have a true crime that was inspired by the movie Scream, and these assholes are just as bad. Yeah. If not worse. No. Yeah. Not worse. They're not worse. They're bad on a whole different level. But we'll Is get this into that. The podcast that you had me listen to on the way home. Girl, we we're listened driving. to two days worth of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we listened to a lot, probably. It's a I've I've listened to this case numerous times. And these guys are just horrible. It's yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one is about 16-year-old. Tori Adamick and yep. Brian Draper, who were obsessed with the movie Scream and decided they wanted to make their own scary movie. But they didn't want actors. They didn't want a script. They wanted the real deal. 
They wanted to do it for real. Um, so these dumbasses started videotaping themselves having conversations about wanting to kill people. Uh, they talked about Ted Bundy, the Hillstride, Hillside Strangler, the Zodiac Killer, Ugh. even the Columbine shooters. And these guys who, you know, they're, they're 16. Their balls haven't even dropped yet. <laughs> and they're saying that, like, Ted Bundy is an amateur compared to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're saying this in the videos that, you know, they're they're all amateurs compared to us. And they're, like, so talking the directly to the FBI. They're like, you know, the FBI is too slow to catch us. So this is vlogging before vlogging was a thing. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, saying to the, the FBI that you were too slow to catch us because they drank their own Kool-Aid and they think they're the shit. And that's just... That's most teenagers. They think... <laughs> We all thought we were the coolest. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I have two of them. <laughs> you, you'll get through it. <laughs> I will. Um, so their their plan that they they talked about in these videos was that they wanted to find a girl home alone and stab her. And you know, a lot of these videos, they made them driving around and they even drove by different girls' houses. But if they weren't home alone or if like their parents showed up while they were there, they they chickened out and didn't do it. So there's there's a lot of girls that potentially just, could have been their victim. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just so circumstance. It's just horrible circumstance circumstance that it ended up being um the the young lady that it was. Um <clears throat> And there's even, there's, the police ended up getting copies of all of these tapes. And in one section from one of the tapes, um, they heard the following saying, Brian said, we've probably tried maybe 10 times, but they've never been home alone. Tori, or when they have their parents show up. Brian, as long as you're patient, you know, and we are patient. And now we're getting paid off because our victim's home alone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cassie's family, but she had to be the one. We had to stick with the plan, and she's perfect, so she's going to die. Ugh. Yeah. So this is definitely premeditated. Oh, absolutely. Well, the Cassie that he mentioned was 16-year-old Cassie Jo Sodart. Cassie was a straight-A student. Um, absolutely gorgeous girl. I'll pick, post a picture of her. Just long, beautiful hair. She was stunning. Yeah. Um, on September 22nd, 2006, her aunt and uncle were going out of town and they asked her to house and dog sit for them. She, she was a very responsible girl and she had a boyfriend named Matt at the time. So even before she accepted it, she said, is it okay with you guys if my boyfriend Matt comes over? Uh, and they were fine with it because she asked ahead of time. They were like, you know, yeah. nobody's staying the night, but you know, if Matt wants to come over, he can come over. So he showed up at about six o'clock while she was house sitting while he was there with her he texted his friends tori and brian who he uh, didn't know were you know yeah planning this shit and he invited them over so cassie was worried about this because she didn't have her aunt and uncle's permission to have anybody but matt over right. but by this point it was it was too late at 6 30 brian and tori arrived 
they were given kind of a brief tour of the house. And then the four of them sat down and they were going to watch the movie Kill Bill Volume 2. Well, Tori and Brian only stayed for about an hour. And then they left saying that they were going to go to a movie theater. Which is dumb. We're sitting here watching a movie. Why do you want to pay to go see one? But <laughs> right, that wasn't really their agenda anyway. They were just looking for an excuse. Yeah. So they left. What Matt and Cassie didn't realize was while Brian and Tori were there, one of them had like excused himself for a minute, probably go to the bathroom or something, and went downstairs into the basement where Cassie's aunt and uncle had a walkout basement. And he unlocked the door in the basement so that oh, they fuck. could gain entry back into the house. So 15 minutes after Brian and Tori left, Matt and Cassie started hearing strange noises coming from the basement. Now, keep in mind, her aunt and uncle had dogs. And, you know, the dogs are hearing noises coming from the basement. So they're yeah. growling and barking at the door. And then the lights in the house get turned off. Now, if this was a scary movie, somebody <laughs> would go downstairs to investigate. Well, yeah. Matt and Cassie were like, fuck no, I don't know what that is. We're not going down there. So they, they, here's the other thing. And I'm not victim shaming in any, but any way, but why didn't anybody call the cops? Why right. didn't somebody just call the cops? But instead of calling the cops, Matt called his mom and he told her what was going on. And he said, Cassie's really scared. Can I stay here tonight? And his mom said, no, that's adorable, son. You're 16 years old. You're not staying the night at your 16-year-old girlfriend's house. Which I don't, I don't really blame her there. No. She did offer Cassie the opportunity to come and stay at their house. She, she said, yeah. if, you're, if you're not comfortable, you can come and stay at our house. And that's where I, being scared, I probably would have been like, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going to take the dogs and I'm not going to stay here. Like, yeah. my aunt and uncle will understand the lights are off. Like, the power's out. I'm going to take and go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, seriously, take the dogs and go. Yeah. But uh, Cassie felt it would be irresponsible for her to leave because she had said that she would stay there. She said she would stay with the dogs. So she told Matt, it's fine, I'll stay here. And Matt left with his mom. What Matt didn't realize was that Brian and Tori were in the basement. And when he left, he didn't want Brian and Tori coming back over to the house, you know, and then expecting Brian and Matt to still be there. So he sent them a text message that, you know, I'm heading home, which basically told Brian and Tori that Cassie was all by herself upstairs. He gave him the go-ahead. He gave him the go-ahead, which it just breaks my freaking heart. But can you imagine the guilt that he has over that? Oh, yeah. And they had to have definitely looked at him as a suspect at that point, too. They did. Because they were like, oh, he, he gave him. Yeah. 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 Um, like, I'm here now. And then, okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And the guilt that kid must live with. Um, so once they knew that he was gone. The two of them cut the lights off again, and they came upstairs. Now, you have to keep in mind, this is a 16-year-old girl, home alone. These guys had changed their clothes into solid black, and they put on masks. They didn't have the ghost face mask, no. but they had masks that were, it was like a white face, and it looked like it was crying blood. 
Yep. So can you imagine being home alone and two people in masks like that can't come upstairs? The fear that that poor girl must have felt. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the two of them immediately attacked her and that poor child was stabbed 30 times. Ugh. As soon as they left, they they gathered up their shit. They hid all the evidence. And as soon as they were like, you know, driving away, they got their video camera out again and they recorded themselves having the following exchange. Brian just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body. It just disappeared. That felt like it wasn't even real. I mean, it went by so fast. Tori, shut the fuck up. We got to get our act straight. Brian, it's okay. Okay. We'll just buy movie tickets now. And to which Tori said, okay. (laughs) So these guys are even like afterwards, like they're trying to get their story straight. It's clear that they're, they think they're in it together at this point. Well, two days after the murder, Cassie's aunt and uncle returned home with their 13-year-old daughter. It was their 13-year-old daughter who found Cassie's body. That poor child. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. It's just this whole thing. This whole case, just so sad. Um, Like we talked about, investigators immediately looked to Matt because he was the last person to see Cassie alive. And, you know, there was those messages. Um, There was a whole bunch of suspicion surrounding him. Matt was super upfront about everything. He took a polygraph test. He passed it. Um, One thing Matt did tell them was that Brian and Tori had been there too. Brian was brought in for questioning and said that he and Tori had gone to the movies like they told Matt and Cassie they were going to. The problem with his alibi, he couldn't name the movie they saw. (laughs) This dumbass couldn't throw out one title of one movie that was playing. (laughs) Yeah. Dumbass. So investigators found this odd. You saw a movie two days ago and you can't remember the movie you saw. So they went and talked to the young lady who was working at the ticket booth that night. As it happens, she went to high school with all of the kids involved in this. Oh, shit. Yeah, and she was working that night. And she could say with complete certainty, Brian and Tori didn't come in that night. They did produce a movie ticket, but it was from like days beforehand. It wasn't even from the night. (laughs) Dumbasses. Apparently they didn't realize that the date is on there. But, um, excuse me, choking a little bit. Um, Don't do that. so, So police confronted Brian about this. And, you know, them applying even just a little bit of pressure, he confessed to everything. Like, he wants to consider himself in the leagues with Ted Bundy. It took, like, the smallest bit of pressure, and he just caved and told them everything. Yeah. He even led them to where they had um, buried all their evidence. (laughs) Yeah, which consisted of gloves, knives, peroxide, matches, Boots, clothing, masks, a notebook, and the videotape. Everything needed to convict them in one convenient location. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inside the notebook were names of their classmates listed under the words death list. Oh, shit. Uh Uh-huh. 
So Brian and Tori were arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder and first degree murder. Of course, these two little twat waffles immediately <laughs> turned on, on each other. <laughs> well, they are. Yeah. They immediately turned on, on each other. As Brian would. Yeah. Brian claimed it was Tori who stabbed Cassie while he stood and watched. And uh, Tori claimed it was Brian because, you know, on the recording, Brian said, I stabbed her. Yeah. They didn't. They failed to realize that we have all these videotapes of you guys planning this out together, and right. we have the videotape afterwards. So you don't have a leg to stand on there. None. None and at all. the stab wounds, which, you know, it's hard to tell which are fatal and which weren't, but, like, of the ones that were clearly fatal, there was two different knives used. So it was two different people. Right. They, they were they were both guilty in this. Um, so clearly they were full of shit and 100% willing participants in everything that happened. Right. And in the end, both were found guilty of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. And both were sentenced to life in prison and are still rotting in jail as Good. we speak. So Good. So there you have it. Two mimesis in one. This was our, our buy one, get one. <laughs> buy one, get one. <laughs> oh, oh, there we that. go. This one was a big one. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Like, I hate when they do that. Like, no, he did it. No, he did it. But they're both trying just to save themselves. Yep. Like, why couldn't you just save the person that you killed? Exactly. Exactly. Why not? You know what? If you want to make a scary movie, legit, just make a scary movie. Right. Get some, you know, fake blood, film some scenes, go full yeah. Tarantino on that shit. Just, you don't have to, don't take a life. No. No. Ugh. So, yeah, that's the double mimesis of Scream. And now I want to go watch the movie because it's way better than either of these cases. <laughs> yes, I want to, too, now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think it's the Matthew Lillard of it all that he just applied the uh, right amount of comedy in screen. Yes, I loved care. him. Like you posted that thing the other day where you're like, "Where do you recognize him from? Like, what's the first movie that pops in your head?" And unfortunately, mine's not Scream. What is it? Thirteen Ghosts. We just watched that the other day. I love that movie so much. That's like my favorite scary movie. I love it when he's like, "I didn't say there was a petting zoo in the basement." <laughs> I like that. I love that one so much. He's just like, fantastic. The juggernaut, like, ugh. yeah. No, that's yeah. a very good movie. I mm. I had never seen that before. I started really? watching it. Yeah, there there's another movie that I think I confused that one for, and I can't remember what it is. But it's Ghost another... Ship. No, it's in a house. There's a whole oh. bunch of ghosts in one house, and people just start getting picked off left left and right in this movie. And I can't remember the name of it, but for some reason, I always thought that that movie and uh, 13 Ghosts were the same movie. So okay. I never saw this one because I thought I had already seen it. And then we started it and I was like, I have never seen this movie before in my life. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll have to figure out the other one that you're talking about and check it out. Yeah. But like Ghost Ship like, is another really good one. Is it? I really like. I, again, younger, like I watch scary movies by myself and Ghost or 13 Ghost and Ghost Ship are two of the ones that I can watch 
by myself. No issues. <laughs> no issues. No issues. <laughs> I think it's that that uh, the movies that were made during that time because they had that recipe where they always put a little bit of comedy in it. Yeah. And it lightened it up for you just a little bit. Yeah. So that's my kind of scary movie. So. It's also very similar to the kind of books that I write. I'll make it really scary, yes. but I'll lace the comedy in it because. Yes. that That's exactly what it is. And why I like them so much and love your books. Oh, yes. Thank you. By the way, I, I have know. taken like a oh, two week break from writing because I'm plotting the whole world for my next my next series. Yeah. And last night I had such an incredibly vivid detail by detail dream of like one of my characters fighting off a wraith and it was so detailed and so real that it was I, I'm just going to spoil it that it was Octavia Hollows my character it was literally I woke up this morning and I was like Octavia was going you've waited long enough it's time to start writing yes please I love Octavia so much like I can't wait I'm so excited <laughs> she was like girl I'll just write this for you there you go which would be great if she did that I can just uh, dream yeah. the things and then write it down in the morning totally yeah. for that Yes. All right. Yes. Well, there we go. That's our latest spooky season stories. Yes. Next week, um, I'm actually taking one from a listener. Really? Uh-huh. Are you going to tell us or is it a surprise? Um, I can tell you. Okay. It's not a problem. Okay. What okay. is it? So Jeepers Creepers. <gasps> oh, that's yeah. a good one. I know. I'm That's so a good one. I can't find a lot. So again, I might be short or I might just find <laughs> a second one to add in. Well, that's what <laughs> I did tonight. I did too. So feel yeah. free to do too. Yeah. Well, the research that I have done, it's a mimesis within a mimesis and a mimesis. Mm. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. It worked yeah, great for too. me tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I want to hear from listeners if they have an idea for our Halloween episode. Um, yes. If we don't, I'm contemplating doing the Salem Witch Trials. <gasps> yeah. I think I might do that, comparing it to the show Salem. See, I, oh, I'm going to have to catch up, like, right now. Yeah. Like, it's, as soon yeah. as we say bye, I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> Go where watch can Salem. I stream Salem? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an intense show, but um, there are some historical elements weaved in there. So I might do that one unless unless the listener writes in with uh, yeah a better idea. So Sandra, where can they write in with all these show ideas? So you can write to us at the Mimesis Podcast at gmail.com. You can also catch us on Facebook and Instagram at the Mimesis Podcast, Twitter at mimesis underscore podcast there you have it yeah. all right well i think that's all we have for these nice people tonight i think so so until next time bye, bye.